0: Look out, here comes The Blitz, a podcast dedicated to covering all the local sports in Sumter, Lee, and Clarendon counties. A member of the Item Podcast Network. Welcome back to another episode of The Blitz. I'm Tim Leibel, and on today's episode, we are making that transition from football to basketball. Football season's wrapped up over the weekend, and so now... We're getting ready to go full tilt into basketball here in the Tri-County area. First up, we've got Sumter High head coach Jeff Schaefer, and they're going through an interesting kind of offseason and early part of this regular season as they look to adjust um, to not having Kiara Krosky in the lineup early in the season as she recovers from an ACL injury. Let's get to that conversation about their season and looking ahead to their overall expectations. All right, Jeff, thanks for coming in to chat a little hoops with me. You know, we're wrapping up football season, and now we can you know fully turn our attention to uh, to hoops. So excited you could come in to chat a little basketball.
1: Well, I appreciate you being here. I'm, I'm sure our football players would rather be playing football one more week, but uh, they had a good season, and I'm looking forward to seeing those guys on the basketball court. But, yeah, we got it tipped off on, on Friday night, and I'm excited about the season coming up.
0: Yeah, and, you know, before we kind of dive into the off season and everything like that, let's just start with, you know, kicking things off, you know, on Friday and Saturday in that tournament. What was kind of your biggest takeaway to, you know, what the early season of this team is going to be like as you guys wait for Kiar Kroski to get back?
1: Well, actually putting 50 points plus on the board was a was a big surprise to me because we struggled all summer to, to score points. Um, defensively, I wasn't too worried about where we were going to be. We're typically a pretty good defensive team but offensively i was concerned i mean we i don't think we scored more than 40 points the entire summer in any game and it's kind of tough to hold the opposing team to you know less than 10 points a quarter and come out with the win so we were a little concerned with that but we've had a couple surprises a couple kids come in that that have contributed and so it it was that was probably my biggest takeaway early in in that game and just the fact that we were able to score so many points
0: yeah, and you guys lose uh, key over the, you know, in the spring. And, you know, what was that process like for you of of obviously the, the initial hit of, of hearing she's got a knee problem and then all of a sudden knowing that, you know, she's going to be out for, for most of this
1: calendar year? Yeah, it was really funny. I got a call from her mom. I, I'm trying to think where I was. I think I was actually in my car, and I got a call on the cell phone. Mom comes up with, hey, I wanted you to hear this first. And my first instincts were, okay, she's decided she's going to go to a private school or (laughs) prep school or something like that. And she goes, just want you to know, he hurt her knee. And then there was this long pause. And it was like, yeah, she tore her ACL. And I was like, okay, uh, yeah, this is going to be interesting from here on out. And after I hung up the phone, I sat there in the car for a few minutes, and it it didn't really sink in. And then I got out of the car to go in and, and, and do something in the school, and I was like, Wow. Yeah, we got to drop back and punt and figure something else out in a hurry now. So it was kind of a shock to the system. Um, but again, you know, the, the rest of the team has been pretty resilient. You know, they've stepped up in her place. because has, Kazai has done a great job trying to run the point for us. And so hopefully when Key comes back, you know, late December, early January, when she gets clearance from the doctors, um, we'll be a better team as a result of that, just due to the fact that we haven't been playing with her since, you know, her, she hurt her knee in April.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you know, Key has been such a big part of this team over the years, and you know, you've had her since she was in middle school. So, is losing a player like that, you know, you you kind of lose your safety net, as it were, a little bit, just for the consistency that she's kind of brought to this lineup,
1: and you know, as she's grown as a leader over the last couple of years as well. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, you got you got to go back and, and kind of game plan a little differently, obviously, without her. But one of the things that, that I will say is she has been with us throughout, you know, once she got over the fact that, you know, she could actually walk and get back in the gym a little bit, she's been with us every step of the way. And so, uh, in fact, you know, I was talking to you before we started, we were sitting on the bench the other night, and I'm thinking something, and she's already saying it. So she's still staying involved with what's going on, and it, it maybe, you know, it's a blessing in disguise, I hate to say it that way, you never want somebody to get hurt, but she's been able to sit and watch the games and see it kind of from our standpoint because, you know, all the time that she's been on the court, she's on the court all the time. She hardly ever takes a break. So I think it may help her a little bit to understand what her teammates are capable of and what they're not capable of by seeing it without actually being on the floor playing.
0: Yeah and it you know it also provides that kind of player coach for the other kids on the court that are used to playing with her and um you know getting a different perspective from her as I'm sure you know when they're coming to the bench for a timeout I'm sure she's kind of you know chirping in with her kind of two cents that you know maybe you know goes through to them a little bit easier when it's coming from one of them.
1: Yeah kids to kids have a tendency to be able to connect a little bit more than sometimes coaches to kids but yeah she's just done a phenomenal job of that and the kids have responded to it um, you know, at first I think it was a shock to their system too. And this summer you could kind of see that it was, they were out of sorts. There was no, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. There was just no continuity, I guess, throughout the entire team. And, um, they've kind of overcome that. You know, we did a lot of scrimmage in the summer. We played some really good teams this summer. Uh, our fall scrimmages have been against good competition. We scrimmaged Rock Hill. We scrimmaged, we scrimmaged Dutch Fork, um, and then we had Lexington, too, this summer. So we got to see some competition, you know, good competition without her, and I think that's benefited the other players as well.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned Kaziah and she and Raquel, you know, get a little bit more pressure on them as the two guards that, you know, have been with Key for a good amount of this stretch. You know, the last two years in particular, they've been kind of, um, you know, increasing their roles, especially last year they were so integral. Um, talk a little bit on what you've seen out of their two developments as they've kind of gone through this offseason with, you know, a little bit more on their
1: shoulders. Yeah, I think I think this summer, you know, proved that to them, that they saw how much more pressure there was going to be on the two of them. And so, you know, I told them coming into the season, I said, look, the pressure is going to be on you two, because now without Key, they've got to just focus on two people rather than focusing on three. And they've responded pretty well to that. They've worked on it because has done a great job of kind of getting us into our offensive sets and whatnot. And Kel has done a good job of, of you know being out there on the perimeter and doing what Kel's does. The biggest thing that's helped them, honestly, is, is the seventh grader that's come in, Raina Ross. She's come in. She's taken some pressure off of them, even as a seventh grader. I know that sounds you know kind of bizarre for a seventh grader to come in and take the heat off juniors, but she's able to handle the basketball. She's very athletic. She rebounds well. And so now. There is another person out on the court besides the two of them that somebody has to account for. And again, in the, in the, especially in that first game at the Hartsville tournament, it was obvious. Um, you know, She came up with 12 rebounds. I think she had four assists, one turnover, and five points. You can't ask much more for a seventh grade than that. And so that did take the heat off of those other two. But they realize what they've got to do, and, and they're working hard at it every day in practice, and, uh, and I'm proud of them for putting that effort in. Yeah, and you mentioned,
0: you know, it kind of surprising for, you know, a seventh grader to be taking some pressure off of some juniors. But in your program, you've kind of, you know, opened the door for that over the years. You know, Kiara Krosky is a prime example. She came in as a middle schooler and, you know, made an impact and carved out a role for herself very early in her career. So how much does just the fact that, you know, this isn't the first group of middle schoolers that's coming up to, you know, try to make an impact at the varsity level, kind of make it easier for, you know, each group of younger players that is coming to kind
1: of make this jump to varsity. Yeah, well, I think you gotta remember too, you know, in, in the big scheme of things, it's a program, whether it's my middle schools, my JV team, or my varsity team, and we try to put the kids in the best possible position for them as 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 players and as as individuals if If a player is capable of playing varsity basketball, in my opinion, they need to be playing varsity basketball. I wouldn't bring a seventh or an eighth grader up to sit her on the bench and watch um You know, so I think that has opened the door to let kids know that you know if their skill sets good enough that they can come up and we're not afraid to bring them up to the program to play um you know I kind of compare it to uh, back to academics if you've got a child who's capable of doing algebra one or algebra uh, in the seventh or eighth grade. Are you going to wait and make them take algebra when they're a ninth or a tenth grader? No, you're going to give them the algebra one when they can take it. So if a player can come up and has the skill set to play at this level long term, it's better for their outcome of, of what they're trying to get to by the time they're seniors in high school. So, you know, and I think I think they're seeing that. And I've, I've had some success with my middle school programs, allowing that to take place. And so we're fortunate, but all the good programs in the state, if you if you talk to any of them, the Goose Creeks, the, the Irmos, when Irmo had those really good teams back, they always brought younger players up to develop them if they were capable of playing and not sitting on the bench. And so that's what we've tried to do.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you also get that buy-in from the other varsity players that have seen, hey, this we're not just doing it to do it, we're doing it because this player is ready to make this jump up and... There has been success in the past with it and when there's a player that is on the team that has <laughs> actively kind of had that success as a middle schooler, you know, the rest of the girls that are, you know, older and saying, you know, why is the 7th grader coming in? You know, with this team they can see, okay, this has worked before, it'll work again.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's always that way. You know, you bring up bring up a 7th grader and they kind of go, okay, well, let's just see what the little kid can do here. But when Arena stepped on the court, it was pretty obvious to everybody that she needed to be with us. And so they've accepted her for that. And, again, I think they see the fact that, okay, we've got one more player that we can lean on, and it's going to make us all better in the long run. And not your only young player coming up. You've also got
0: one in the post as well. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah,
1: I've actually got two two freshmen down the post, uh, Jalen Williams and uh, – uh, Kennedy Dantzler, both both freshmen. Jalen played for me last year. Um, didn't get a lot of playing time last year, but I think again the development, being in practice against those against Alicia last year and battling with her in the post has helped her, and she's ready to step up. Um, the biggest thing with your post players when they're when they're young like that is a conditioning standpoint. They've got to get in better shape. I got to be able to get them down the floor a little faster. Um, you know, it takes them a little while longer to learn the offenses uh, and the defensive schemes that we're trying to run, but. They both seem to be picking it up really quick. So I'm looking forward to, you know, late in the season, them being able to step in too and contribute quite a bit.
0: Yeah. And that is kind of your area, you know, regardless of what Key was going through in the offseason, I'm sure the, the process was figuring out what was going to be going down in the post for you guys. You lost Alicia. And, you know, over the last couple of years, you know, you've relied on kind of one, you know, sturdy player down in the post. And now you don't quite have that height that you've kind of had as that piece over the last couple of years.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, we're, we're obviously going be smaller, and, and therefore we're going to have to play a little faster on defense than we have in the past. We we really don't want to get in too many half court games against big teams that we you know we'd like to score in transition and and push the tempo just a little bit. And with this crowd coming in, I think we can do that. And again, going back to Arena, you know you've got a seventh grader who's five six five seven, so she can play down low if she has to, but she can also play out on the perimeter. So I think we've got a very versatile player coming in that's going to help with the dynamics of that in the low post as well.
0: Yeah, and and talk a little bit on some those girls that now will have to play some different roles down there as well Shamira played down in the post quite a bit last year and she'll probably have to do that even more this year and and uh, girls like Delaysia brunson kind of being in a similar position so
1: yeah I, I, we've been stressing a lot in practice of, of knowing all five positions on the floor, regardless of you know whether you're a post player or a guard or whatever. And of course, as a high school coach, I think it's important for us to, to teach these kids multiple positions because let's face it, you know, you might be five, six in seventh grade and you're going to be five six when you grow up. So if you teach them to play just the post, have you really taught them anything at all? Because when they get to the next level at five six, they're not going to be playing in the post. So we're trying to do those kinds of things daily in practice, you know, just getting all of it. I've got Alyssa, who typically played the guard role exclusively for us last year. She's going to have to play down in the post. Delasia going to have to get down in there. And, of course, will, you know, will stay there. And so that's what we've been trying to do. We've just been trying to stress. You, you need to be able to play multiple positions for us if we're going to be successful.
0: Yeah, and, and how does not having that kind of one bigger anchor down low affect how you guys kind of run things both offensively and defensively?
1: Well, I think the biggest thing when you don't have a, a post player of any size to take up space, you know, people don't have to be quite as cognizant of the fact that you know, you, when you do have a big post player. I mean, think about if you took the University of South Carolina and you took Boston out of the lineup, and, and you might have somebody with her size but not with her strength in the low post. So you lose just the presence of okay, we've got to keep an eye on that person in the post because they're so strong down there. And so we did lose some of that, obviously, with Alicia because she was a very strong player in the post. And so yeah, we're gonna to have to kind of work through that a little bit and teams are keen on that already. I can already see that, you know, they're trying to pound it into the post a little bit more against us and so we've been having to double up on the post, you know, when they when those post entries trying to double that and make them kick the ball back out and try to beat us from outside instead of in the low post area. Yeah, and, and when you look at the
0: the kind of overall makeup of this team, you have so much that has uh, come back from you know two deep uh, runs in the playoffs the last couple of seasons, and how much has that kind of helped? Um, you know, a this transition without Kiara early in the season, but also um, just the understanding of knowing that. They'll be able to kind of figure some things out as the season goes on, even if you're kind of making some adjustments with key early on.
1: Yeah, you know, that, that might be one area where I, where I was a little bit disappointed in the fact that, you know, you played for the state championship, you played for the lower state championship, and some of these girls have been there for three of them actually. You know, you would think they'd walk back in the gym with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder, you know, and and I didn't see that at first. I saw it a little bit at times in the in the first game. But they've got to play with that chip on their shoulder every game, regardless of whether Key's there or not, because everybody's going to bring their best game against us just because of where we've been for the last three years. You know, you always want to beat the best, so if you're projected to be the best, then you've got to expect that everybody's going to come at you hard like that. And so that we're trying to stress. You know, you can't just walk into the game and expect to show up because you've got Sumter on your jersey and people are going to lay down and say, oh, it's Sumter. No, everybody's going to give you their best shot. And so you've got to be able to respond to that. And so that's something that we're still working through a little bit. Um, Physicality-wise, I want us to be a little bit more physical, even though we're smaller. Um, I think we're we're lacking uh, some physicality in, in certain aspects of the game. And so, again... It's a work in progress. If, you know, if we can get through the season to where Key comes back and we're in that 500 range, you know, I'll be pretty satisfied with that because ultimately our know, region schedule determines what we do in the playoffs. So if we can get her back in time for the region, you know, maybe we'll sneak up on a few people
0: yeah and you guys are also kind of coming into the season with you know from the outside some different expectations you know last year you guys were you know right up at the top of the you know the coaches' uh, association rankings coming into the year and now you guys come in at tenth, and I know a lot of that is is coming from you know key being out but you know, How have you kind of seen the girls respond when, when things like that kind of come out? Do do they talk about it at all, or is that something that you guys don't
1: even worry about? Well, me personally, I don't worry about it. I want to be ranked number one at the end of the season, but I'm not going to lie to you. There's a piece of paper on the bulletin board right now that shows that 10th tenth, tenth place ranking, and I said, you know, to me it's a little bit disrespectful just because of the fact that, okay, one player's gone, and now we go from – first one or two where we were towards the end of the season down to 10. I said, you need to use it as motivation. Again, it goes back to what I was saying about playing with a chip on your shoulder, you know, playing like you're the underdog. And I'm fine with that. You know, again, preseason rankings don't mean a whole lot anyway. And, you know, it's where you end up in February and March that counts. So uh, we've used it for motivation. And, you know, hopefully they'll they'll take that and and, and run with it. But, um, again, we want to prepare for every team we play regardless of who it is. You know, I tell everybody – to respect everybody, but don't fear anybody, um, and so that's kind of the approach that we've that we've taken into this season, and hopefully, without Key, the rest of them will start to buy into it, and then when she comes back. You know, hopefully we're we'll firing on all five cylinders.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned that non-region schedule. Are, are there any games that you're kind of interested to see, kind of how the girls respond to that, especially without you know Key being on the on the on the you know in the lineup early in this season? Yeah, without
1: a doubt, we, we've we've got Lexington on the schedule and Somerville, and of course Somerville played for the state championship last year. and Lexington, you know we beat them in the quarterfinals, so we've got them both on the schedule. Uh, I don't know a lot about Oceanside Collegiate. Um, you know, it's a school that, you know down in Charleston that I think probably does a little bit of recruiting because they're private. At school and then in the tournament we've got uh, down at Hilton Head we've got some teams from out of state that are projected to be pretty good in their in their various states that they're coming from so um, we'll be battle tested by the time Key comes back one way or the other we'll know kind of where we stand against some of the best competition that's out there
0: yeah and without having a player like Key in the lineup for a lot of those games what is the biggest thing that you're wanting to learn about the rest of your team as they're kind of going through those early season
1: challenges that they're going to have yeah how do you handle adversity you know, if, if you can if if you can take the team's best shot and and, and how do you respond from what they gave you? Uh, we talked about that a little bit the other night when we were playing um, Northwood Academy. You know, we felt like in the first half there they gave us a pretty good uh, run for our money. And uh, you know, basketball is a game of runs and matchups. So you know, how do we respond when somebody punches you in the face? you know um how are we going to respond for, how are we going to respond to that you know do we lay down and just kind of cave in and give up or are we going to fight back and and try to do something different and so that's going to be the biggest thing is if we can overcome some some adversity and some tough situations some tight games you know we had a lot of games last year that weren't very tight so i think you sometimes learn more from losses and tight games than you do from blowing somebody out so, you know, we'll just have to see how that plays out as the season progresses.
0: Well, and how you, you mentioned um, kind of preparing to get her back for the region. And what's this region kind of looking like this year, you know, from um, the expectations of some of these other schools within the region?
1: Well, I, th- I think it's really going to be a toss-up. You know, Soccer Steel be good again, and Carolina Forest. I would say those are probably our, our, our biggest competition. Uh, you can't overlook St. James, though, because they're so well coached, and, and Conway's got a bunch of athletes. So... I, i- i I feel like it's going to be kind of a tight race this year. I think somebody could come out of our region with maybe one two losses and, and win the region. yeah, and, and who
0: really needs to step up for you guys as you're kind of going through this early stretch here and you know is there somebody that you're really looking to you know step to the forefront um, with a big player like he
1: out? Well, again, I think it has to be a collective effort. I I don't think you can pin it on any one person. That puts a little too much pressure on people. But, you know, we do have to get better in the post. We have to have a threat to score down there. And and we did such a good job in the first half against um, Westwood in the second game. We were moving the ball inside, outside. We were getting some good looks in the post. We were getting some great shots outside. And things were, you know, really moving smoothly for us. We took a pretty big lead in the first half. And then we just kind of quit doing those things. And part of that's inexperience of being able to play through some of that adversity. Um, and again, it came back to a little physicality. They came at us and got got on top of us a little bit and pushed us around. And we didn't respond real well to it. And that's, that, that's something that we're just going to have to do a better job of. All right Jeff. Well, we're
0: looking forward to a very fun season here uh, coming into the winter and spring, and uh, hopefully following another uh, championship run we'll get you in here again long before that ends up happening. But thanks for coming in and chatting
1: about you know the off season and kind of you know looking ahead to the season ahead. Well, I appreciate that, and hopefully I won't have too many more gray hairs before he gets back <laughs> in in late December, early January. Absolutely. <laughs>
0: And that'll do it for this week's episode of The Blitz. Thanks again to Jeff for coming in to talk a little hoops with me. We're looking forward to a fun season with the Lady Gamecocks. Also on the item this week, we've got the grind coming up on Wednesday with Darius Aiken from Clarendon Hall. and We talked about you know the wild journey that he's had both on and off the field. Also stay tuned for you know basketball previews with a lot of our programs as we get through Thanksgiving and prepare for a full season of basketball coming up. For the Adam Podcast Network and Studio Sumter, I'm Tim Leibel. Thanks for listening.